we are rolling. So I actually got a lot of fucking awesome feedback from the podcast we did with Wally. Oh, nice. <laughs> People were dying. Yeah. <laughs> one of one of my guys told me, he says it's like uh the Sopranos. Because one of the reasons why Sopranos is so great for people from New York and New Jersey is because you see everything like, oh, yeah, I witnessed all this. Like I, I and he was like, dude, I was it was I was there with you the whole fight, like everything you were talking about. I know exactly what the hell you're talking about. It was fucking hilarious. Um, but this weekend, bro, this fucking weekend, I have a story for you. So my buddy Vinny's uh, bachelor party this weekend. And I fucking mm -hmm. hate going out. I hate it. I've been dreading it. I've Did been booze. What's that? Did you booze? No, no, I didn't even fucking booze. Oh, okay. So right. I I got a new NFL guy, and uh, he's he's re I'm rehabbing his hamstring, um, and he's he's just you know for for the next couple of weeks he he got released because the injury got a payment uh, you know pay settlement whatever. I'm rehabbing his hammy, and then he's probably going to get a workout like this week, next week. He'll be gone soon. But uh, it enabled me to go to the bachelor party late. The, the bachelor party was supposed to be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And I only went on Friday night. So I was like, oh, good, good. Like, I don't, uh, the, the, the guy, the NFL dude was like, listen, I'm sorry, Friday night. Is that too late? I said, no, it's fucking perfect. Like, it delays me going. <laughs> so <laughs> I go. We, we get down, Joey Goods and I drive down to the bachelor party. We get there at like, I don't know, seven. We get to the house at like 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. And it's two hours away, two and a half hours away. And there's no one fucking there. So me and Joe, Joe just gets in his fucking robe. <laughs> he's, he's in his underwear and robe right away. <laughs> and he, we're playing pool. We're listening to Norm McDonald. By the way, do you know who Norm McDonald norm mcdonald is no okay norm mcdonald's a comedian he's fucking hilarious he's dead though um he's he's absolutely hilarious so we're, we're listening to norm mcdonald and then two and a half hours goes by three and a half hours goes by we're by ourselves in this huge fucking house we're like man i hope we're in the right fucking house so we're in the right house <laughs> but everyone shows shows back up probably around 12 o'clock and i wanted to go to sleep this there's 10 rooms in this mansion every bed is taken but I got the camper on the top of my truck. So I said, fuck it. I don't give a shit. I'm fine. Good's got nowhere to sleep. So he goes to sleep on the couch. But we know these fucking maniacs are going to come rolling in absolutely plastered. And there's like 15, 20 guys in this house. So we stay up. We end up staying up until three in the morning. And these guys are hammered. I didn't drink. Joe didn't drink. Stay up until three in the morning. These guys are absolutely plastered. I go out to my truck to go to sleep. But. You know, when I use this truck, I'm usually, I'm usually in the woods when I when I go in the tent to go right. to sleep. But I'm on a fucking street down the shore, so cars are driving by, and I I hear car doors open, close. I'm sitting here thinking like someone's gonna come in this fucking tent. So like, I was up all night. I was up all fucking night. I my aura ring. It said I got like two hours of sleep or some shit. Like eleven minutes of deep and like seven minutes of REM. Like the worst worst night of sleep I could have possibly had. We wake up. At 6 a.m. Because we're going on a fishing excursion. Right? We're going to go for fluke and I forget. like Something else. I forget what else. So um, my dad had a boat. 
So I've been on boats before. I've been on fishing excursions before. Like, I like them. It's not bad. So I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'll do this. All these guys are hungover, but they all fish. So like, yeah, fuck it. Let's do it. So we get on the boat. We're fine. Everyone's fucking fine. We start cruising out there. Everyone's fine. And there are these big fucking swells. There's eight to 10 foot swells. And everyone just starts going, whoa, what's going on? So apparently there was a tropical storm or a hurricane out to sea. It didn't hit land, but it hit sea. And it's fucking up the water bad. But we didn't think anything of her. And no one, captain didn't say anything. No one said anything about it. So we thought like, all right, business as usual. No big deal. And a couple of guys are like, oh, I, you know, I took Dramamine before this. I'm a little hungover, but I'll be all right. One of my buddies cracks open a fucking beer. He goes, no, you got to let the hangover. Like, this is the only way to kill the hangover. Got to fucking drink. Yeah. Another yeah, guy's got hungover. a cigar, a hangover, and a beer. I look at him and I'm like, yo, bro, that's just fucking, that's an accident waiting to happen. Like, you're, you're, you're in deep shit. Like, this is going to be problematic. He goes, no, nah, man. I do, this on, I do this on boats all the time. I'm fine. I'm like, okay, cool. So we get out to sea like 20, 30 miles and the swells get bigger and fucking bigger and bigger. And I've been on boats my whole fucking life. I start getting nauseous. I'm like, man, what's going on? I think I need to take a shit. I think that's what it, I've never been seasick before in my fucking life. Never been seasick in my life. Like, I think I need to take a shit. That's what it is. I need to take a shit. So I, I, I like stumble and I see one of the guys go, oh, here we go. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not seasick. Like I just, and there's this woman on the boat too. There were a couple of chicks, but like, you know, one good looking chick. And she was on the crew. She was part of the crew. She goes, everything all right? I'm like, yeah, I just got to take a shit. I'll be all right. <laughs> so, so they, they're like, okay, bathroom's open. Cool. Go in. I said, I'm going to wait for it to be a little less choppy. And the guy's like, well, no, you're going to want to do it now because you're going to miss out on valuable fishing time. I'm like, ah, whatever. So I go, I take a dump, and I just fucking, I repaint that motherfucker. It was brutal. <laughs> it, was, it was a sickening dump. So I come out. I'm like, no, I, do, I don't feel any fucking better. So I start, <laughs> getting, I start getting these fucking cold sweats. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm having a fucking flat-out panic attack. Like, and I start looking at the shore. I'm like, all right, I could still see the shore. How long do we have on this fucking boat? Do I just fucking swim to the fucking shore? Like, cause I, I started getting fucking sick. So I go in the cabin and I lay down. And then my one friend, Vinny, he's like five, six, five, five. He's like this little Italian guy, right? And he was the guy that cracked open a beer. He said, no, 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 it'll make the hangover better. I hear, I'm in the cabin and I hear, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just starts fucking vomiting and then he comes back in hair everywhere looking like a fucking kramer motherfucker and he goes yo you gotta throw up i feel so much better i didn't have to puke the the sound of him puking made me want to throw up and then when he came up and said no 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 i feel much better my body's like Okay, this is time to fucking throw up. So, bro, I feel like everything, like all the spit coming to my mouth, like surging to my mouth. I'm like, oh no. So I go to the back and I just unload. First, I'm dry heaving. I'm dry heaving because I, I fasted. I don't eat past yeah, 5 p.m. Right. I didn't eat breakfast this morning because we were going on a fucking boat. I didn't have fucking time. 
I'm I'm sleep deprived like a motherfucker. So I'm just uh, uh, <laughs> fucking dry heaving for probably five or six fucking heaves. Like, and I'm a loud puker, like yeah, an, a loud puker. puker. Yeah, yeah. And there's these old guys next to me in the back, like these seasoned fucking fishermen on this fucking charter. <laughs> and I'm just uh, uh, and finally I just start fucking yakking. Finally get it up and it's I'm I'm unloading hell. But during that time, I feel fine. I'm like, oh, good. Thank God I'm puking. So I come back up and I'm like, no, I just don't feel any better. So I stumble back and I just start praying. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is this is it. Like, I don't feel good. This is the worst I've ever felt. And like The other boys are all good. They're all up the top having a blast. So I have no idea. I have no idea how everyone is because... I'm so fucked. I'm so <laughs> fucked that I, I, I don't even know. I don't know what's going on. And prior to this, like I was cracking jokes at everyone. Like everyone knew who I was. Like I was, you know, getting a laugh out of everyone. Like we were all getting along. And then I just vanished. I just went to the cabin and I curled into a fetal position. And then the guy, I hear the captain go, uh, all right, uh, we're going to head about one, two miles a little bit further out. And uh, hopefully we get a little bit more fish. So, he floors it, and then we're going up and down and up and down. Oh and I'm God. feeling it like just, and I have to fucking sprint back up again. And I just start puking. So this is a seven-hour charter. It took us oh. seven hours. For one hour of the seven, I was throwing up. For four hours of the seven, I was dry heaving. So, so I already got, I, I puked twice. Puked twice, got everything up. I fasted. There was nothing left. And it got to the point where after I puked and dry heaved, the water tasted sweet. So I was yeah. like, oh, no, am I drinking fucking vodka? What am I drinking? What, what, why does this taste so fucking? So I drank a quarter of fucking water because I thought I was drinking fucking alcohol or something. I didn't know what it was. But it was, it was just water. My mouth was just so fucked that it tasted yeah, sweet. Yeah, bile coming up, yeah. So I'm laying there puking, laying there. And then I try to stumble away and I have to fucking stumble right back and start dry heaving. And one of the old men looks at me, he goes, don't puke on my shit, son. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, sir. So, so deep down, I'm sitting there and one of the guys looks at me, he goes, he goes, don't look at the ocean, just look up at the sky. So I just finished dry heaving like 10 hard dry heaves. And this fucking like hot chick, I turn around and there's, like tears coming down my eyes. <laughs> I should get a fucking medal for being so fucking stoic, bro. Because like I I fucking there was tear like I didn't wear it like on my face like <laughs> like I was dying on the inside. And this chick was like looking at me and I'm just sitting there looking up at the fucking thing. Like don't fucking look at my eyes. Don't look at my eyes. I'm not a fucking bitch, I promise. I'm really fucking tough. Like so <laughs> Bro, it was so fucking bad. Then, as I'm looking up at the sky, I see one of my puppies. <laughs> one of the guys is walking with his ass cheeks pinched real tight. <laughs> I'm like, yo, you all right? He goes, I'll be all right if I could get in the fucking toilet. So, <laughs> the bathroom is locked. And then, as he's sitting there, he's like, can I just go in the women's bathroom? Is it a big deal if I go in the women's bathroom? And the women's bathroom was just blocked off. I guess it was out of order because women don't go on the fucking boat. So he's just sitting there pacing. And then all of a sudden I see him go. 
<laughs> and he projectile vomits all over the fucking place. In, in the boat, on the, no, the cabin, he, he, uh, like on the side of the boat, he fucking managed right. to puke all over the side. <laughs> so then I'm like, "All right, it's not just me at this point." So then right. he goes into the bathroom, goes, "Oh, I'll be fine once I take a shit. I'll be fine." Comes out, immediately runs overboard and fucking starts puking again. <laughs> so at this point, I'm like, "Oh, it's not just me." And then I get my bearings about me, and I start looking around, dude. There were 26 people on this boat. This looked like a boat that stormed Normandy. And it was all the young kids lying down like that just got fucking shot. And then other dudes looking at the guys that got shot. So all the guts are just. (laughs) (laughs) It was brutal. There was a grown like and all the people on this charter, like they they were all like fishermen. They all had their shit on like they they fish. They go out to sea and they fish and they love this. I think it was 20 out of 26 people were vomiting. Oh. Throwing up like brutal seasickness. Brutal. And there were three old guys that were not vomiting. Two of the three old guys, I turn and like as I'm in my, like I, I it was like I was in a drunken stupor. I had like the drunken spins, but I was sober. So I still had my wits about me. I hear them yelling up at the captain. You're certifiable. We should turn around and go back. We're not going to catch shit today. What the fuck are you doing? Like they're yelling at the captain. They're losing their fucking minds at the captain. And these are like all guys. I'm like, all right, maybe there's something fucking wrong here. But like, I, I didn't think anything of it. I just was so fucking miserable. Went back and I went to sleep. I woke up three separate times to sprint back. And fucking go dry heaving again and come back. So my only saving grace was during one of the times I I looked at one of the guys. I was like, excuse me, sir. What time is it? And he's like, it's 11. It's 1115. We're supposed to be back by two. We've already been on it for three fucking hours. So I'm like, all right, I'm halfway there. And I look, I look over and we're like six miles from the shore. I'm like, well, It'll take six hours for me to fucking swim back. So I might as well just weather this fucking storm. And in the back of my head, I really, every inch of me, every bone, every ounce of my body wanted to go to the guy and say, I started counting heads to see how many people I would have to pay for us to fucking turn around. (laughs) But I didn't do it. In the back of my head, I just kept sitting there saying like, Goggins would just say, enjoy this, like, enjoy this, like, enjoy the misery. How fucking miserable could you be? And I just sat there. I was like, Goggins wouldn't pay anyone. So I'm not going to pay anyone. And he's not, Goggins wouldn't ask to go back. So I'm not going to ask to go back. There's this grown man. As I'm thinking this, there's a grown man, fisherman lying down and he had vitiligo. So like his whole mouth was white. So it like looked weird to begin with. I couldn't tell if it was like vomit on his face or what. Lying down on his back, <laughs> screaming, for the love of God, please just turn around. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm inside. I'm like, thank God someone said it. And on the outside, I'm like judging him hard. Like, you fucking pussy. <laughs> pussy <yeah. laughs> but deep down, I was like, thank God someone said it because I've been trying to pay people off. <laughs> so. Finally, I, I, I pass out. I go to sleep for like two hours, conk out. And one of the things that woke me up was 
someone came into the cabin. I didn't know who it was to talk to one of the, like the first mate. And he says, listen, bro, like I got to tell these guys something. Get, what time are we going back? What time are we going to make it back? These guys are dying. I got to tell them something. And he goes, tell them two o'clock. So that was my saving grace, two o'clock. I'm like, oh, okay. And then I rested peacefully for two hours. I wake up, it's one o'clock, smooth sailing. There's not, there's no bumps. There's no nothing. I'm like, all right, I'm fine. I'm good. I feel a little fucking seasick, but I'm all right. We didn't get back until fucking three o'clock, 3.30. We didn't get back. We found out, we found out every charter but ours was canceled. Yeah. I was going to say when you got that big of a swell, that's crazy. Bro, <laughs> did anyone catch any fish? No, that's the worst part. No one. And I didn't put a line in the water. My brother and I didn't put a line in the water the whole fucking trip. Didn't put, didn't I, even consider it. How was Joe? He didn't what throw was... up, but he had his head down on the fucking table for seven hours. He came, he woke up. He had this huge fucking red mark on his fucking face. Oh, oh the other thing, I, I found a cold ice water and I put it on my forehead when I slept and I woke up covered in sweat and this thing was ice cold and all the water had evaporated off and it stuck to my fucking face. And I had lines on my head for an hour. Like it was dude, it was a bad fucking trip. It was a bad trip. It was. Oh. So remember that time I got stoned and I started throwing up demons Yeah, yeah and it was yeah. the worst three hours of my life. Yeah. This is up there. Like this was, this was honestly one of the worst experiences of my entire life. Yeah, seasick is no joke. Dude, I, I've never been seasick. I've never been seasick in my life. And I've been on boats so many times. Have you ever been seasick? No, no. But I've heard, I've heard bad stories from people that have been. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I oh. mean, I could... It, it's the fact that none of you caught fish. I'm surprised it even went out. Because well, if it's that bad, the tropical storm and everything else got canceled. That's Yeah. So th this guy just didn't want to miss out on a fucking payday. Like there were 20, 30 people on this boat paying $65 a head. So he's like, well, got to make money somehow, motherfucker. I can take it. Not my fault if you can't, but he ain't getting any repeat business. I'll tell you that. So the rest of the guys that were boozing hard the night before and they were cracking it open, were they... Were they just as bad as everybody else? Dead. Dead. Bro, I'm telling you, it was like a fucking war movie. And the kid, the kid that had the cigar, the, and perfectly fine. Yeah. Perfectly fine. He was like, no, I was, I was all right the whole time, man. I was just fine. No fucking worries. The only guy on the boat that was in our whole group that was fucking fine. And he couldn't, they didn't catch anything. Nothing. No one was allowed to catch everything that they caught. They had to throw back because it was too small. Worst, worst fishing day. Everything was bad. Grateful. I bet you were grateful when your feet were back on land. I was so happy. I was so, and, and the other thing too, is like an hour in, I started getting like the cold sweats, like, and a panic attack. Like I had to start controlling my anxiety because I was like, yo, I want to get the fuck off this boat. Like I'm trapped. I need to get the fuck out of here. Like, let me just swim to shore. Fuck this. I'm going to fucking jump off this boat and fucking swim to shore. Like I, and I looked at Vinny. I was like, dude, this is a bad this is a bad move. This is a big mistake. We should turn around right now. Like something doesn't feel right. He's like, nah, it'll be fine. <laughs> Worst, dude, I'm not kidding. Worst experience of my life. Worst fucking experience I've ever had in my entire fucking life. It was horrifying. 
horrifying. I would have oh, rather died. Dude, I'm not kidding. I would have rather died. <laughs> I'd rather never exist. And, and it was so bad. I contemplated like just jumping off the boat so that, and just being like, no, I'm not going back on it. <laughs> like, like one of those Getting things. Saved where, like, by the Coast Guard. And I had a knife in my belt. I was thinking about just fucking stabbing my arm. Just like, no, I fell in on it. And we have to turn around now. Like, like I, I was contemplating some seriously fucked up shit in order to turn around. I was, I was so fucking done with it. I couldn't, I couldn't be on that boat anymore. But I got against my If only you would, if only you'd drunk the night before, so you'd have been even worse. Because that story would have been incredible. I don't don't know how I could have been worse. I really don't. For me, maybe. And the only time I felt good was when I was dry heaving and throwing up. That was when I felt my best. That's how bad I was. It was horrible. It was horrible. And then when you was good as gold, as soon as you got back, no. No, so it, it took me, it took me fucking, when we got back, I was motion sick all day. I was still motion, but like, it wasn't bad motion sickness. Like it was just residual. Then yesterday, so I drove home and I was like conking out at the wheel, driving home later that night. Um, got home at like 1030 that night. I slept from 1030 straight through to like 730. Woke up, did some work did some shit, went back to sleep for another fucking two hours. Like, and I didn't feel good until after I ate food, took a nap for a two hour nap and then woke up again. Like even driving to the restaurant that Vicky and I went to felt like shit. And like, even now, like if I'm just a little too still, like I still feel like a little fucking motion. I couldn't believe how I bent over to grab a water and I almost fell over. What the fuck (laughs) is going on? I've, I've never, and I had like vertigo. It was so fucking bad. It was so, dude, it was horrible. It was fucking horrible. Worst experience of my fucking life. So I ain't going on your fucking rowboat. No, I'm that's fine. You that. I get you. I'm get telling you. you that right now. <laughs> yeah, I wonder, I, I'm curious how that, that goes. Because the only thing that I really know about about it is is that the first three days of the rowing is meant to be like the worst three days of your life because you're just so sick and you're so exhausted and you're not used to this whole sleep routine because i mean if you've got two hours on two hours off with your partners right in those two hours off you need to eat drink and sleep in it so at most you're probably getting what an hour and a half kip most so i think you just the first three days you just yeah, I've heard from loads of people. It's like, that's the worst thing. Once you get over that, then I think your body gets kind of accustomed to it. But if you're in massive storms, uh, say, for example, if it's so bad that you have to be then in the cabins underneath, which, have, you know, they're tiny, right? They're not even meant to have two people in each because you share a cabin with the other guy, right? So one guy's rowing and then the other one can be resting underneath. And I mean, you can't, I mean, it depends on the boat, but the ones that I've seen, you can't really sit up in the cabin, you know? It's, it, mm-hmm. it's it's too shallow so you're kind of just you know a bit bigger than a coffin let's say you know but could you imagine if you're stuck in there because i've heard stories where guys are stuck in there for some days cramped up together why storms well because the storms are so bad you can't go out and the boats can be capsizing back and forth you know and then you're in huge swells i mean in the middle of in the middle of the pacific it can get big big so yeah no nope. yeah okay <laughs> 
Nope. <laughs> like, you know, you know how I said, like, I'm your foxhole guy. Like, if shit hits the fan, like, yeah, yeah. I can get, dude, I'm telling you right now, I couldn't do it. I would have let you die. I would have, let, <laughs> I would have let you fucking die so fast. So, so the foxhole's on land. I get it. Bro, if, if the devil came down and said, hey, listen, in order for you to stop feeling like this, someone's got to die. I just be him. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't care that the way I felt, bro, it was so fucking bad. It was the so only bad. other story I've heard of this one is from my dad. Once he went out and uh, they'd been boozing real hard the night before. And he said, he spent the whole time. He's never been on a boat since spent like six hours, something like that. Also just puking his brains out. And uh, it turned him off it forever since. He never even took me when I was younger because of that experience. That's, uh, dude, that's how my mom is. And I always thought my mom was a pussy. <laughs> and Vicky gets like that too in the car. Like, and I get my, I can't read in the car. I'll get motion sick in the car, right? Like, yeah, but I've always too. been, I've Read. always been like that. Like, so, but I've never, never been seasick ever. It was, this was, this was horrifying. It was hard. I don't know. And my dad was in the Navy. Now, on those boats, you're not getting nearly as bad as as this shit. You know what I mean? Like no. a, a big boat, you won't feel it nearly as bad. But I mean, imagine if you're stuck on that fucking boat and this is your life for the next few sure. months. Sure. Well, there's a lot of guys that are sailing in small boats around the world. They're living on them. I guess you get used to it after a certain amount of time. But no. also the storms, they can be, I mean, 10 foot swells. Okay, that's big. But swells can go up to 100 foot. Dude. Uh, and what what's fucked is for before i fucking passed out what i was thinking was oh my god these fucking slaves these slaves were down and they were locked in a fucking basement in the bottom of the fucking boat where it's the fucking worst and they're just puking all over each other and they got nowhere to shit like what the fuck what the fuck like oh my back back in the days too there'd be rats on board yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh my God. I'm sitting there for three hours. What, what was that voyage? Six weeks it would take? Six Which weeks one? to go across the, the fucking slave trade. Oh. Yeah, God knows. Yeah, yeah, bro. But they probably weren't even getting off the boat anyway. Oh my gosh. That's why I was sitting there thinking that, and it just made me feel even worse. Not so only. Did it- with in, in terms of like acupuncture and acupressure points, are there any that are like meant to help resolve sickness? So what's what's really interesting is there's there's two things that acupuncture um, has research has suggested it's it's actually good for. One is post-surgical nausea and nausea intervention, which means nausea. And the other thing is pain. So if I do but the research, I'm not sure. Um, what acupuncture points were used. But I mean, from an acupuncture standpoint, I have to, whatever my symptoms were, and then what my tongue looks like, what my pulse is, um, time of the year, all that shit, that'll indicate what points that I use. So I can technically use, utilize acupuncture to make me feel better. And it didn't even cross my fucking mind. (laughs) I was so, I couldn't think. I couldn't think. All I thought, all I thought was, can I make this swim? And the other thing that fucked me up was I was like, well, it's not just me on this boat. It's my fucking brother too. I can't leave him behind. So I looked at Joe. I was like, listen, because you're fat, like you're going to float more than me and I'm going to sink. 
So we need to use him as a life raft. (laughs) I was like, all you need to do is do a dead man's float and you just kick your legs for the whole fucking six miles of shit happens, bro. (laughs) You're just okay. Like I have to work. You don't have to work. So we got to figure like, just so you know, you don't have to. And Joe's like, all right, whatever, man, whatever the fuck you're talking about. But I'm sitting here doomsday prepping for when this fucking boat crashes. It was, oh my gosh, I can't, I won't do it ever again. Like you and your sailboat, enjoy it. Well, row, rowboat, yeah. No, then it's even it just well, takes even longer. You were telling me that you wanted to hop on a boat on a sailboat and be there yeah. for a year. That well, sounds, I'd, sounds I'd love really to romantic. sail around. I'd love to sail around the world at one point for sure. Yeah, and if shit ever hits the fan, I'd go and I'd go move on one. I think that's kind of cool. But yeah, I mean, dude, I've never had bad seasickness before. Dude, it was so. it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. <laughs> so, moving on. That was moving on, moving fucking on. So now we got some questions uh, regarding body work. Uh, some people wanted us to talk more about body work. I asked what, and they said, just dive into it more. Um, so what even is, so how do you even classify what body work is? What even is that? So there's, there's three things that constitute body work for me. Um, I have stretching. I still use stretching as body work, right? So like whether it's reciprocal inhibition, PNF, static stretching, whatever the fuck, I don't, you know, it's still working on someone's body. Um, there's soft tissue manipulation, whether it's with a tool like Graston or Gua Sha in acupuncture, um, or, you know, you're using your thumbs to do something, whether it's a pin and stretch or whether it's a pin and contract or whatever the fuck it is, there's, or, or just basic, basic massage. Um, like Twina or like Effleurage, Petrissage, what, whatever. Then, uh, oh, and there's also voodoo bands, right? So it's compression. So I'll use voodoo bands as well. Then there's also acupuncture, mm-hmm. needle intervention. Um, when it comes to all these things, there's a time and a place for absolutely everything. And, and, oh, and when it comes to acupuncture, there's multiple ways that you can utilize it. You can do superficial. Um, you can go acupuncture points, channels, channel theory, um, which uh, in Japanese acupuncture, they'll go a quarter of an inch down. Like, so you won't, you'll barely puncture the skin, right? You'll, you'll just get, and, and they get decent results. Like people feel better. I don't know whether it's placebo or whether it's hitting the meridians. Um, I know with athletes, it needs to be a bit more intense to yield the benefits. However, for like these NARPs, like non-athletic regular people, um, it's... I've <laughs> never heard that before. <laughs> for, yeah. For, for NARPs, uh, so 80% of people with back pain 80% of people with back pain, if you give them antidepressants, their back pain goes away in mm-hmm. 80%. So um, is that placebo? Is that depression? Whatever. It's, it's clearly not something uh, as physical, right? So if we can do something uh, light enough that can either make them feel better in one way or another, uh, superficial needling can help. Um, whether it's a placebo effect or whether it's something so slight and they're just so sensitive to pain, it, it could be doing the trick. Um, there's also deep needling. So uh, there's 
with deep needling, it's your deep needling. It's not called deep needling, but like trigger point therapy, um, you're hitting the muscle. Now there's different ways to go about hitting the muscle. You can, a lot of really explosive guys, the twitches are more superficial and less explosive guys have noticed it's the twitches kind of seem to be a little bit more deep. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you could also utilize, uh, um, stim on the, on the area as well on the needle area or on just, just basic stim pads. Uh, what else like, like EMS? So what else am I missing in regards to body work? What else would you add? Well, there's a couple, couple things. So you said that the Japanese are only putting the needles in a quarter of an inch when you're doing more trigger point therapy, how deep are you actually going? It depends. It depends on the muscle. Um, there are some times where, and it, it depends where the muscle is located. So there's sometimes where um, you're needling someone's, let's say, needling someone's shoulder, uh, either the deltoid. So if you're needling their deltoid, medial deltoid, rear delt, front delt, it's going to be right on the surface area and you go, boom, and it's probably about maybe, maybe I don't know, half, at most half an inch deep where mm -hmm. you could fucking really get the trigger. Um, mm -hmm. And to, to be clear, guys, I don't know what the trigger does they tell me that if the muscles tensed and knotted up the introduction of the needle uh causes a spasm in the muscle to get it to release and it like resets the muscle i don't know how accurate that is but that's what i'm taught do you have to pull so if you trigger i mean i guess that you can really feel it right because then the muscle i mean i've had it done like the muscle really mm -hmm. contracts aggressively do you have to pull the needle out before the muscle contracts is there any risk of getting the needle get stuck in there or something like that yes there's risk of that um needles get bent um people 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 have um have gotten needles stuck in them before as well so oh, yeah i mean there, there there are risks with everything um i haven't i haven't seen it um and whatever but the what i've noticed is the more you needle and get it to trigger, the more sore the person is. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know whether you want to sit there and just constantly keep triggering the muscle because I really don't want to yield that much of a stiffness adaptation for someone to be that sore. Mm -hmm. um, some people will think that you need to keep pumping, 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 pumping until it stops triggering because that's getting everything out. The other thing that I thought is if you trigger it once and then just stim the area, and get the area to just calm down and relax, you can you can yield the benefit that you want and you won't be as sore. So that's one way of looking at it as well in regards to the trigger point. So that's that's a little bit deeper. Now, that's with the scap, but there's also the insertion point of the rotator cuff, right? Which is, again, more medial delt. That's a little deeper. So even though I'm stick, I'd, I'd stick the needle in maybe an inch with some people like, you know, stronger dudes it might go in an inch it's still superficial on the muscle um so typically it's not deep in the muscle belly and i've i've talked with a couple people about it too is am i even do i even want to hit the fibers themselves or am i going to the fascial sheath around the fibers that's causing whoa that that message to be sent so there's muscle twitching there's fascial twitching, which is more superficial. Um, 
And if you look at the layer of the onion, it's just a more outer layer and it's less invasive. So like the less invasive you can be with the most results, it's like minimal effective dose. You don't want to fucking slam them home if you don't have to. So everything that I do with body work is very, very, very minimal. So we, we learned Gua Sha. Um, and when people first started doing Graston, people's arms were, they do it on the neck and it just be fucking red, like black and blue. Uh, and we teach that we, we, we were taught that with, uh, with Gua Sha and we're taught that we're getting, I don't know, like getting toxins out, getting wind out. I don't know. What I will say is that I've noticed that areas that get redder quicker typically are problem areas. So maybe it's not necessarily a problem solver, but it seems to be a problem identifier. Same thing with cupping too. Oh yeah. That's another aspect of soft tissue work that we can use to cupping. Um, so I, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I, I try to be as mild as possible when it comes to the body work. And, and someone made a post, um, a few, a few weeks ago, uh, and they, they had said something like comparing all the different, you know, cupping, uh, stretching, foam rolling, massage, all this shit and, and needle, needle intervention. And what I noticed with all these things is yes, for the right time, there is a right tool, but majority of the time, majority of the time, my stretching is the, the stretching routine that I do is superior. Not every time because there are aspects where if this stretching routine doesn't work, like maybe I'll try cupping, maybe I'll try needling, maybe I'll try something else. Right. So, or, or, or the, the voodoo bands. Right. So, but majority of the time, the stretching routine that, that I came up with seems to be working best. Now the, the approach changes, right? So it's like the one time I said, well, if I have lower back pain, sometimes it's the glute, sometimes it's the adductor, sometimes it's the hip flexor, sometimes it's the quad, sometimes it's the hamstring. It, it all depends on what I'm attacking to get that opened up. And then there's other times where this person person's hip has been off for quite some time. Adjusting it doesn't do it. Stretching it doesn't do it. The only thing that does it is a needle right in that glute med or a needle right in the glute max or what, what, you know, a needle somewhere that gets it to actually and go back in place or me sticking my fucking elbow right in that glute and having them go through a range of motion. Right. So so, sometimes there's only certain things that work and the less invasive doesn't, but I always go from low intensity to high intensity because I could always, I could always build up. It's tough to back off once you already hit that damage. Plus, when you do any needling, um, any intensive needling, I don't let them do any high intensity work after that. Right. And I guess also it's, I mean, is the needle more effective if the person's warm? I assume it should be um, from a proprioceptive standpoint, right? Um, and and it, it would help the muscle. Is... I don't know if the needle is more effective if the person's warm, um, but but it would certainly make it easier to like uh, you, right if you have if you have a a muscle full of blood 
it's not going to be as knotted where if you have, you have a cold muscle, it's more likely to be knotted. So, I mean, with, with, with massage, if you're doing a flushing massage over an area and you just keep warming it up, warming it up, warming it up, pushing, 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 and not, not real deep at all, the muscle's going to loosen up. Eventually mm-hmm. it'll loosen up, mm-hmm. you know, it's just going to take time. So the more warm it is, the easier it is for it to loosen up. So maybe the needle will be more effective, but acupuncture is not practiced under like a stressed condition like that. Acupuncture is a relaxed, relaxed condition. So it's like the right. complete, it's a parasympathetic, not sympathetic. Right. Right. So I, I don't, I don't know. Um, uh, Qigong is practiced. Sometimes it's practiced before, but Qigong is like almost like their physical therapy where they'll do Qigong after the acupuncture as well for their motor re-education. Right. That so it's sense. like needle then movement, but, and the other thing too, is if you're moving and you're warming the muscle up, you're also in enha- you're also, uh, imprinting poor motor patterns, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So by doing all those movements beforehand, I mean, but you, you've already been doing them anyway. So what fucking difference does it make? So I don't know. Yeah. I, I suppose, I suppose a warm body is always, always best for any kind of body work. I mean, for stretching, it certainly is. I have, I'll yeah. have my guys on the bike before I do any stretching or because oh, it makes sure. my job so much easier. For sure. I, I don't really want guys on the table unless they're sweating. It just makes the whole thing so much easier. And I can imagine probably it's the stacking, right? So say, I don't know, you got guys on the table, you're going through the stretching protocol after they're already warm. There might be some manipulation there. Maybe things start to open up. If you find a problematic area, maybe you massage it a little bit. If it's still not going, then a needle, and then right afterwards, as you said, a bit of stim work, that to me sounds like a much smarter approach to the whole thing. But then it's also harder to to quantify and measure and also to be able to find any literature on it because you're stacking so many different modalities all on top of each other. Yeah, the, the motor re-education post-bodywork intervention, I think, is paramount. That's the right. only way you're going to get it to stick. So you, you absolutely, the, the stretching routine, again, that, that I do, post Post needle intervention, um, or even even post uh, voodoo bands, anything, any kind of body work, any kind of change that you've done to the system, that stretching routine is decent because it will, it's contract, it's it's getting motor reeducation in, it's contract, right. relax, contract, relax in proper ranges of motion, essentially. So let's go into that because you you brought that up at the beginning. So part of the stretching there's multiple factors but the first one you said is reciprocal inhibition so what is that for people that don't know reciprocal inhibition is you have the agonist and antagonist relationship right so if you're contracting the agonist the antagonist will relax if you're contracting the antagonist the agonist will relax so it's like your your hamstring if you ever get hamstring cramps start flexing your quad like contract your quad and then the hamstring will relax same thing with your calf the tibialis anterior flex tib tib ant and then the calf will almost shut off a little bit now you don't want to force it but that just facilitates the brain to say oh there we go let's start relaxing this muscle so we utilize that in stretching to open up the muscles even more so and then Mm -hmm. once you open up the muscles then you contract the agonist and then it'll shorten the muscle but also strengthen the muscle and help you realize how to utilize that muscle in that range of motion. Yeah. 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 It's like a strength and stretch position. Right. And then mm-hmm. once you've done that, 
then they're also their range of motion usually does increase too. So you can take the body to a new range and then get them to sort of increase proprioception there by trying to push against, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, as far as as far as certifications or anything go and and this type of stuff, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. You know, I was I was talking I was talking to Ryan about, you know, where where I want the gym going, where I want my career going, and 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 all that stuff. And I I suppose maybe I lost I lost focus for a little bit. Um you know, I, I got calls from all these pro athletes asking me to travel. And then, you know, like a, a fucking John Bon Jovi hitting me up, asking me to fucking travel. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, well, would you want to go on tour and this? And uh, no, right. <laughs> but it, it, it changed my thought process a little bit where my goals had switched, where when I left to Franco's, um, I never wanted to be, I didn't care if I was world renowned, right? Like the world renowned just happened sort of thing and world renowned you know like i i got popular um it just just kind of because i was doing my thing right like remember when brandon marshall first called when you were there we're like oh fuck this is fucking sweet how'd you find out about me this is instagram so that's but that was because you was commenting on videos of him doing things and you were like yo be careful because your ankle something like that right he was jumping i don't know then you i think I it was something like that I, no i think that happened i think i commented that after he had reached out to me I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Um, but I've never like fished for clients or anything like that. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but I've never done that. They just started coming to me um, and more and more big time clients started coming. But when I left the Franco's, I watched a top 10 gym in the country, top 10 gym in the world, right? Like voted on up by all these magazines and stuff. Struggle. Like essentially almost go out of business because of overhead, right? So the guy and, and Joe's business is fucking insane. Joe, Joe's, Joe's reach is huge. I mean, every strength coach knows who Joe is, yep. but his, his own gym was struggling. And after I left Joe's, Joe's gym, I said, you know, I'd rather be the best gym in the county than a top 10 gym in the world. Because, I mean, I saw what a top 10 gym in the world gets you. Like he, he had to close his gym because it wasn't worth it financially for him to keep it open. Mm-hmm. And I love training people. I don't ever want to be in that position. So I'm going to make sure that my gym is the best gym in Bergen County, which happens to be one of the richest counties in the country. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did for years. And then I started getting these calls from all these guys saying like, oh, well, hey, I hear you're pretty good. I'd love to come train with you. And I'm like, oh, maybe if I just expand my reach, then what I'll do is I'll start training more of these guys and it'll enable me to funnel more people to my, my coaches and then I can get more coaches to help me out doing this stuff. And then I could get guys making a very, very good living doing what they want to do. And I could help more people that way. That's not a bad idea. So maybe what, my, what I should do is I should get myself out there. I should put myself out there. I should become more popular. That way I could do more of this and it'd be great. And it would help the gym brand and it would help us grow. And then I realized like, well, me going to acupuncture school and me training Kevin Love were two of the worst things I've ever done for my business. Mm-hmm. Two of the worst things I've ever done for my business. Like Ryan's, Ryan's clientele has grown exponentially. Exponentially. Like he's, his, his 
business is huge because for three years, he's been focusing on building his business. And for three years, I mean, I, you know, I, I generate, I still generate more than he does, but not at that same ratio that I was before. Like he's, he's slowly catching up. And one of the reasons that happened was, well, Kevin had asked me, he said, well, I need you to make me a priority. Okay. I'll make you a priority. Um, and then I'll make my pro guys a priority. And then I will also make acupuncture school a priority. So I did all that and focused my energy on those three things rather than focusing my energy on the gym. And it cost me money. So that's why I, I you know, I say like, I make more money, not traveling. And I, sure. I charge astronomical rates to travel. And it's still, I make less money doing that. Whereas if I were to stay in the gym, my business could have grown proportionally to Ryan's, if not more, because I'm from the area. I know everyone. Mm -hmm. And Ryan and I were talking about it. He goes, yeah, man, like imagine, imagine if you didn't do that, where, where your business would be right now. And I'm sitting here, I'm motherfucking myself. Like, it's so stupid. What the fuck did I do? Like, I'm sitting here thinking like, well, I just became, I just did what Joe did and started training Triple H and let my business fail. Now, our gym is booming. We're, we're, mm. we're doing very, very well. We're, we're doing just fine. But we could have been doing substantially better. And it's all because I lost sight of my initial goal, which was consistently be the best gym in Bergen County, which we are, but I didn't capitalize on it. And I yeah, should have. Goal. I, I was thinking posts have moved because I mean, I remember at the beginning when we first started doing the podcast and that was over a year ago now, um, your goalposts were more to be the number one, the coach, right? To be the best, the best coach you could be. And I mean, that's why you went to the school. That's why you learn more things. That's why you took on bigger challenges with some of the bigger pro guys. So, I mean, it makes a lot of sense, but there's just a, this two different goalposts, mastery in a, in a skill or business, Revenue, I mean, they're two different, they're two different things. Right? I mean, how many good coaches do we know that are skin and how many booming gyms do we know? And the coaching's terrible. They're not, they're not synonymous. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, now what I did was a short-term loss for a long-term game, right? I learned and I was able to bring another trade and another billable into the facility, which will only help long-term. However, mm -hmm. I... I had almost lost sight of what I was doing. Almost. I didn't completely lose sight of it, but I'm going to start dialing it back more a little bit and focusing just on the gym. So that's why I had reached out to Guillaume. Yeah. That's how you yeah. say his name, right? Guillaume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and we were, we were talking about all different types of marketing. I've never marketed before. I've never, never done anything. And he was teaching me all about how to market. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to market the gym. Um, and, and, you know, Boyle, I don't think Boyle's ever spent money on marketing. I don't think Pressy spends money on marketing. I don't give a fuck. Whatever. Like whatever but I can do. There are many, many other people to do. I mean, I remember Guillaume saying, and anyone who doesn't know that name, we did a podcast with him, Guillaume Blanchard. It's really good. He's an entrepreneur. Um, he was saying that Disney's the biggest brand and most recognized brand in the world that still spends money every single day on marketing and advertising. So, uh -huh. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Yep. Who cares if it gets you closer to your goal? But also, I mean, wasn't it Cressy also who used to turn down coaching the big baseball guys because he was like, look, over a 10-year period for my business, it's yep. going to cost you this much money and no guy would, no guy's going to spend that much on him per year. He's 
He's and he was absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. Now, what 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 sucks is is you see the potential with when a private person wants to pay you, right? Like mm. one, right? But like, I, it's it's not a it's not an anti fragile business model because oh. the second something goes wrong, now you're out money. Yep. Right, and that that shouldn't. That shouldn't be the case. You should always make it so you won't be losing money any way you, any way you turn. You need it to be anti-fragile. So, I mean, realistically, if I just had two Kevin Loves, I'd be sitting pretty. Right? Like, I'm, I'd be fine. If I had two Kevin Loves, I wouldn't need a gym. I'd make more money than I could possibly know what to do with. So I'd be fine. I'd be set. But that's... Well, then what? Then I lose one Kevin Love sort of sort of thing, and now I'm making half the money. Whereas if I just keep doing my business and grow Freak Strength to be the best gym in the county and consistently be the best gym in the county and make it so it's overtly apparent that we're the best gym in the county, it's like, hey, if you want results, go there, then I don't have to worry about anything. And I don't have to charge one person astronomical fees everyone gets charged decent fees fair fees and everything's good you're not paying for time or money lost on my end that's how it should be that's how i need to do my model and that's why cressy doesn't do the traveling and he's fucking smart for that it needs to be life-changing money in order so when it comes to jobs too and this is this is like decent advice for anyone looking to go into jobs right so i have a business my business generates X and my business will continue to generate X. I've been doing it now for, holy fuck, we're, we're going on year eight. Um, year eight is this week. The start of year eight is this wow. week. So I've been doing it for seven years, very, very consistently making X amount of money, very consistently and growing, right? Um, so I've been doing that for seven years. Chances are it will occur at this rate for seven more years. There's no reason why it would slow. No reason why it would slow at all. Like we've been through good times. We've been through bad times. We've moved. We've changed buildings, all that stuff. No reason it should slow outside of some, uh, even, even during the fucking pandemic, it wasn't bad. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're pretty solid at the gym. For me to leave the gym, it needs to be X amount of dollars guaranteed for the next seven years outweigh outweigh what I'm doing now because right now I have I make my own schedule so I'm happy doing what I'm doing I do whatever I want I'm the boss I don't have to report to anyone on top of that I have a, a decent living doing what I want to do so not only does it need to match it it needs to supersede it it needs to get past that and at what rate so is it worth me taking a job and working more hours, working for someone for $50,000 extra a year? No. $100,000 extra a year? No. $200,000? For how long? Mm -hmm. Right? So like then that's when the numbers start adding up. So if I was, if I was, if I went from working 60 hours a week to working 70 hours a week, is that worth $100,000? Maybe. Right. Maybe it's worth $100,000 for me to take that much more time away from my family when I'm already, when I'm already shortchanging. So like, these are the things that 
I have to consider and everyone needs to consider when looking at new jobs. Yeah. And constantly consider it because I don't know, I feel like I've, my goalposts have changed a lot over a year too. And there's so many other factors that can do it for you. It's not just to do with the business, but like even cultural stuff, like with the pandemic or say you end up with a, having a, more of a family, you have another kid, let's say you already have one or two, and then you have another one that puts other financial pressure on you, or if it's your first kid or whatever. So there's so much stuff. And I don't know, the whole time, the only thing that keeps coming in my head now is, it's like what Keir said, right? With the magnifying glass, it's like, you know, you can, you have to keep it focused on one thing for it to ignite. If you're waving it all over the place, you're not going to get anywhere. And you can have anything you want, but you can't have everything. And, you know, there's only so much energy that you can put in towards everything. So, I mean, you know, because there can be circumstances if you're just starting off. I'm sure there are some guys that have had one big client and that guy's made them very big, famous or popular. Then they can open a gym and then it does them good. But for where you are, yeah, it doesn't look like right now that it doesn't make any sense. You don't want to commute. You know, you don't want to be told what to do. So your level of freedom is worth so much more money to you than probably what, what someone is willing, like realistically going to pay you on top of what you're already earning now mm -hmm. for you to go and do it. Plus also your gym over the long term could end up probably earning you more money than any job could. Yes. If you do it properly. Yes. You, yeah. Abs absolutely. Yeah. Now they, there's, there's benefits to taking, like, let's say there's benefits to taking a college job. Yeah. If I, if yeah. I have a college job for, let's say 10, 15 years, I have a pension that goes along with that. Yeah. That's a retirement. And that's a percentage off of what I was earning. Yep. So that's a benefit. But when you take a college job, you're, you're a traveling salesman. Yep. Five years here, six years there, two years here, one year there, four years there. Now you're just fucking wandering everywhere. You're, you're, whereas here, I, let's say I make more money doing that. Is once I take one of those jobs, I'm committed to the, to that job. Yep. Like I'm committed to that lifestyle of sitting there. Otherwise I have to come back here and start all over again, Yep. which wouldn't be as hard, but still going to be difficult. And I'm going to have to eat shit for a few years, which eventually would then even out to earning the same amount of money here. I don't know. I mean, I, bro, there's no perfect, there's no perfect situation or anything, but I think the one where you have more control over what you're doing, I think it's, it, it's always worth it in the, in the long term Cause you just, you grow or learn, right? Mm -hmm. That's literally it. And yeah, I don't know. You, you'll find, I mean, bro, how many good guys, like, you know, Parisi's have done a great job with their gyms, you know, Boyle's done a great job with his gym. And I mean, Boyle and Chris, uh, let's say Boyle, for example, his name is on the gym, which, you know, most like Cressy, I remember hearing him say that that's his biggest regret, putting his name on the gym. I'd like to know if Boyle felt the same way because Boyle was very successful, but there's examples of it, of how it works. And you've got great people to work for you. Every year that you're in business, your reputation compounds. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, Knowing you also your personality, you don't like traveling. You don't want to be packing up and moving to places. You don't want to know if you've got a job or not. Or you hear in the newspaper that the head coach has been sacked or wants to go somewhere else. And then you're, you know, like there's no perfect. It's like same with countries. There's no perfect country to live in. There's no perfect place. There's pros and cons to everything. And, and that's it. And you just got to weigh it up. Is that, is that really what I want right now? 
because also there's also chaos that happens you know the best things and worst things in your life are always unpredictable and just you know they're going to pop up sometime someplace and it's just you got to set your set your environment and then be like okay that's the thing that i want to grow with and then that's it and then just go for it yep. so i'm with you 100 percent. and i mean that's all part of this game anyway i mean it's better off I feel like it's better to look back every year and be like, man, I didn't know anything then whatsoever than to go for a few years thinking that I'm the fucking, the bee's knees and then having a big catastrophic change at some point, you know? Because I know I'm going to end up changing anyway. It's constantly happened. So why wouldn't it be the same thing next year, the year yep. after that? So, but I think one thing that I've really come to understand this last year the whole like working hard and working smart thing. I mean, for me, working smart and thinking long-term games, that's definitely the right thing because working hard is coming anyway. Yeah. And that's also part of our personality. I feel like w that might also be a limiter for us in some parts because we always feel like we have to work so hard to, to kind of deserve it. But there's pros and cons to that too, Right. You know, and there's not like, I mean, that pro and con that goes to everything, even personality traits. There's good parts and bad parts to every single personality trait. And it's just, it is what it is. So you just got to weigh it up and understand what it is and then just go, keep going ahead in the direction that you really want to go to. But, you know, your gym eight years in, you've already, I mean, what's the percentage of businesses that are still going eight years later? No. And, and, minuscule. And, and the ones that are like, how many of them? are making substantial livings or, or yep. making livings that are very comfortable for multiple people. You know, yep. like it's, it's very difficult. Like yep. I, I, do gyms, gyms go up and down very seldom. Are they consistent, especially when it's an athlete training gym, because athlete training gyms are based off of reputation and uh, you know, like uh, whatever's trendy at the time, yep. you know, like there's, there's a place that opened up around the block from us. Well, a few miles from us called D one. And people say, oh, D1, D1, D1. Like, it's a franchise. No, that, that died down. And right. they, they rented out a fuck ton of space. wonder how long it's going to last. I was never worried for a fucking second. Never worried for a second. Not for one second was I worried about, like, a D1 facility opening up. But small gyms would be. Other small yeah. gyms would be. It didn't impact our business one bit. Not one bit that I'm aware of. That place opening could have closed down a couple of little small shops. So like it's where I am is very, very, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm very fortunate. So like yeah. for me to do things and you, to set yourself up in those situations, you're, you're in a similar spot where you don't have a gym, but you have a very good reputation. You don't need to worry about all that much. So things need to be fucking perfect for us to leave our situation. Yep. Yep. Oh yes. Oh yes. Bro. I think that's fucking perfect. Yeah. Let's end it I on mean, that. That's fucking perfect. Yeah. 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 Because we just end up repeating more and more of the same thing, but you're fucking spot on.